Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our inaugural VITA podcast, where we're going to help educate military veterans and their spouses on opportunities in Web3. Our plan is to host a series of industry leaders, many of whom are veterans or spouses themselves, so we can learn about their journey down the crypto rabbit hole while understanding opportunities for transitioning veterans in the space. My name is Chris Perkins. I'm a combat Marine veteran who spent 15 years on Wall Street before transitioning into crypto myself. And before we begin, I wanted to thank our sponsor, Luca, who have dedicated their time and resources to make this podcast possible. And I'm very excited. We're going to be speaking with Leah Wald, the CEO, and Brian McQuaid, Director of Business Development at Valkyrie Investments. Welcome, Leah and Brian. Thanks for having us, Chris. Thank you so much, Chris, for having us. It's a pleasure. Awesome. Well, before we, we uh, begin, like, let's hear about your background. How did you grow up? You know, how did it all start? Leah, do you want to kick off? Sure, sure. It's an honor. I'm from Washington, D.C. Um, and yeah, so large military family. Uh, professionally started my career at the World Bank. Uh, so worked with and for the World Bank in a variety of capacities. Uh, loved working in the field, which is why I loved it there, whether on the ground in, in India, um, you know, in Gujarat on the Afghan border and Pakistani border um, and various, you know, uh, situations in international de uh, development in the field. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, and then, you know, worked in management consulting uh, and further on co-founded Veterati, which uh, is a company that connects unemployed veterans to mentors and service to job placement, hands down most meaningful time of, of my career. And now currently uh, running Valkyrie with, with Brian um, and having a really good time. But um, I guess that's the skinny. Happy to dive into to any other parts. Awesome. Too. Thank you so much. And Brian, what about your background? Tell us about you, what it was like growing up. Yeah. So I grew up in a small farming community in northern Maine. We actually used to get out of school three weeks each fall to go out and pick potatoes. Um, seeking some adventure, I went to college in Vegas. Uh, didn't get the degree, got the education. And uh, at that point, joined the Army in 2003, entered in 2004, spent 12 years, my first four years. I worked on Apache helicopters doing armament electronics. And then I wanted to get on the ground, wanted to be a leader on the ground and became a Cav Scout. So 19 Delta for the last eight years, deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan. 2015, decided it was my time to, you know, tap out and had a, an idea of starting a drone business. Didn't get off the ground, pun intended, but did take a lot <laughs> of that knowledge and, uh, you know, using it now for sure. And from there, I looked at a mentorship site called Veterati, uh, no doubt, and found Lincoln Financial, started uh, my journey into, you know, traditional finance insurance and was given an opportunity about six months ago to come on at Valkyrie and, you know, excited to really get into this space as it's something that I'm sure most people, when they start going down the rabbit hole, uh, find it consuming large quantities of time. So, Wow. Did you guys meet at Veterati? No, we did not. Um, it was actually in my uh, reconnaissance, I'll use the military term, of Valkyrie. When I saw it pop up, the name, I was like, wait a second, like, is this, who is this? Because that, you know, Valhalla has a, you know, has, has meaning to us veterans. And I'm like, Valkyrie is, and so I'm like, wait a second, what are their stories? And uh, that's where I found out that Leo was the co-founder of Veterati and Actually, I, you know, reached out to her and thanked her because she had really changed my trajectory um, 
on the veteran space where I was at and, you know, where I am now. So. Wow. Networking is, uh, is, is just so important. So, so can you just maybe unpack your transition a little bit more, Brian, you know, as, as you were going through that transition, um, was it easy for you? What were some of the challenges and how did you overcome them? I thought I had it all figured out, right? As everybody who's transitioning, uh, I've got a plan, I've got an alternate plan, you know, I've got a pace plan, I've got a primary, I've got an alternate contingency emergency. Um, I found myself with a failing business. I was doing great in school. I was finishing up my aeronautics and unmanned systems degree at Embry-Riddle and took a course at MIT for artificial intelligence. And that's where I really found um, or asked myself the question about crypto and how we're going to automation. And that's where I found, you know, 2015 was when I found Bitcoin. Um, and so knew I wanted to be in that space. But uh, no, uh, there were nights where I was delivering pizzas and just trying to make my business work on the day side and going to school when I had a chance. And uh, yeah, it, it was definitely tough. Um, networking was was the key to that, though, and really, you know, bootstrapping and pulling myself into a position um, where I could be successful. Couldn't agree more on that networking. And, you know, you, you had to demonstrate all those res resilient traits that you developed doing whatever it took, right, to uh, to make that transition. So, Leah, going back to you, how did you get into crypto? Um, so actually, it goes back to the World Bank days. Um, so I was there in the Africa region, so Sub-Saharan Africa region in 2009 and 10. Um, and that's when the World Bank was involved with M-Pesa. So M-Pesa was the first mobile SMS-based microfinance microloan system. Um, so it was very interesting, very successful. Current, you know, first deployment was in Kenya. Um, and, you know, individuals from the city were able to, like, very comfortably send messages and therefore send money out into, you know, uh, the rural villages. Um, so it was interesting when I started learning about Bitcoin, probably around 2010, 2011. I wish I had bought then. I think we all say that, um, but I did not. But it, it made a lot of sense to me. And for me, it's always made sense for remittances, for that permissionless value transfer elements. And for me, I'm still waiting for even greater adoption on those fronts. But, you know, started watching it then and then jumped in full time Bitcoin asset management right after Veterati, really. Um, so right around 2016 um, with my former partner, Tyler Jenks, so Lucid uh, and just got stuck like the rest of us here. You know, it's it's a rabbit hole. You end up just finding your passion and all the elements. I think the, you know, the cool part about uh, working in digital assets is that it really um, hits a variety of uh, elements of your brain that you can engage with, right? From the philosophical elements to the political elements to um, you know, the economic agreements or disagreements to what are you actually building on the core business level? And I'm not saying that we agree, you know, with everything that's said in some of the tribal lands and, you know, crypto Twitter, but at the same time, it does make you think. And I don't know another industry that I've been in that has made me think on so many different levels. Um, and then you meet amazing people like Brian and yourself and, you know, and you just, you know, you get stuck and you don't leave. And so I guess I've been in, you know, full-time Bitcoin asset management since 2016 and, you know, Brian and I are building and I don't, I don't see myself going anywhere. 
um, I'll be here forever. Yeah. Once you go native into crypto, it's really hard to get out because of all those points that you mentioned. I mean, you get challenged every single day. It's incredibly exciting. I love how you got your start in Africa because the one thing that's occurred to me is that everything that we do in crypto is instantaneously global. And, you know, the valuations of, of, of some of the companies and protocols we look we look at reflects that that globality. It's incredible. And, and the fact that we're able to, in certain cases, really change people's lives. I imagine you saw plenty of examples of that, Leah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, with El Salvador right now, there's other great use cases that, you know, we can point to where it's finally starting to take off what I was hoping, you know, back back in 2009, 10, 11, uh, working with Empeza. But um, you know, absolutely. I mean, it is a global phenomenon. It's a it's a global monetary system. You know, we can talk about digital store value or currency or, or what we believe it's, you know, main core tenant to be. But no matter what, it is unconfiscatable, permissionless value transfer that we can engage on all around the world. Um, and that is therefore, I think, makes it the most powerful technology that's ever been built. And, you know, can can change lives already has for sure. I tend to agree with you. And, and Brian, so you talked you started getting into crypto 2015 or so. Like, was it a very quick transition or was it like did it take some time to really get get into the space and go down that rabbit hole? Yeah. So I just came on with Valkyrie. So it did take some time. Um, obviously, the industry as a whole was building itself out. And I was, you know, doing two things upskilling on the crypto side, listening to podcasts and just reading and consuming content. And on the same time, you know, building what I thought was maybe a, a bridge from traditional having securities licenses to the space. So kind of doing a little bit of that and father of three kids. So kind of putting it all together and um, looking for opportunities probably the last year. So really starting to look at firms and, you know, what was, what they were trying to reach and their outcome and their goal. Um, and that's when I found Valkyrie located in Brentwood. So um, the, the pandemic kind of forced me back from Philly, from Lincoln, and uh, was looking in the Nashville area. So I didn't have to go back in the office. And that's when, you know, Valkyrie popped up in my LinkedIn and uh, pursued it. Great. That's a perfect segue. So we've been talking about this uh, mystical firm called Valkyrie. Leah, do you want to break it down? What is Valkyrie? What does it do? Uh, and what does it do for the crypto industry? Yeah, absolutely. So Valkyrie is a digital asset management firm. So we have a series of cryptocurrency trusts and SMAs, ETFs, and a DeFi hedge fund. Um, what we do in the you know crypto ecosystem. So again, we have regulated products. We are a regulated shop um, and just trying to build the most innovative, best uh, funds that that the world can see and therefore have, you know, the full spectrum of investors invest from retail to institutional to, you know, high net worth and, and be able to provide a perfect fund for each one of them. Um, but maybe Brian has a, a different take since he, he definitely handles a different vertical. One of the things when I was doing my research, why I kind of focused on Valkyrie and I won't say put all my eggs in one basket was if you look at the team, um, there's guys that help start the, you know, the first one of the first ETFs or uh, John Mulroy. I call him the ETF wizard. Great podcast with Jimmy Song. Um, that's what I refer to him as. Just so much knowledge from the traditional finance space and creativity. Um, as Leah mentioned, you get to use every little bit of your brain to try to figure all this out. And um, that's where we are as a as a as a crypto firm. I think. Awesome. I, I think that. 
what makes us different as a firm that, you know, I'm really proud of is we do work in partnership with the foundations, with the different protocols, with the different coin foundations. We see them as friends. We see them as partners. Um, so building funds, we build them with them. Um, and I think that that is the right way to build in the space. Um, there can be a lot of hostility, uh, but it doesn't need to be. And there's definitely a lot of people and individuals and institutions and companies who are looking to collaborate. Um, and I think that if you meet everybody where we're at, it's a very nascent industry, you know, and, and being able to grow up together as I think all of us are right now is the way that we're all going to succeed. So I think that the, the fun day to day that Brian can mention since he's talking to protocols a lot of the days and the original founding teams is, is really getting in the weeds with those protocols, those teams, those companies, and, and understanding what they're building and seeing if there's a partnership with Valkyrie or, you know, or not, um, but still, you know, trying to support each other. Awesome. And Leah, can you tell us, what is it like to be a CEO? <laughs> What's a day in the life of, of Leah Wald? Oh, boy. Um, man, I, I definitely feel really blessed. Um, you know, we've gotten to this amazing stage now, uh, Series A, pre-Series B, where the team has grown that, you know, I am not doing absolutely everything and, <laughs> and nothing at the same time. You know, it's most founders stories where you start off and you're the accountant, you're the CFO, you're filing the legal documents, you're also doing the marketing, you're trying to build the website on Squarespace, right? You're, you're, you know, your days are just crazy. And uh, I co-founded uh, Valkyrie with Stephen McClurg while I was living in Singapore. So at the time from Stephen, and it's very much a U.S.-based firm, um, you know, I was upside down in the day. So taking all the calls in the middle of the night and wow. just absolutely not sleeping. And, and then even, you know, to deal with, you know, getting our bank accounts and our payroll providers, that's, you know, their working hours. So 4 a.m. phone calls. Now, I think it's, it's definitely a different journey which is incredible, which is that I can rely on my team, you know, and I have this team that I know I can trust that I can rely on. So, um, you know, waking up is definitely, uh, I'd say stressful still, you know, I go to sleep worrying about Valkyrie. I wake up worrying about Valkyrie, um, admittedly, uh, definitely, you know, everything, all the metrics run through my head and it's hard to turn off. Um, I don't think I turn off, even though I'd like to say that I have a better work-life balance. My brain is probably still focused a little more than, than it should, despite the wellness initiatives that someone on our company has started. Um, but it is really nice to see that we've finally gotten to the stage again where uh, all those things that I was very bad at yet having to do, <laughs> that again, we can relate to as founders, I finally have experts that I can rely on to do it. And I think I'm finally able to do more of the things that I actually am well suited to do, um, which is more partnerships and strategic alliances and, um, and, and raising capital for the funds and, and into the company. Um, but yeah, thanks. <laughs> it must be an interesting perspective uh, being a founder yourself and, and working with founders. Uh, I imagine that that's invaluable to them as well. Hopefully, I, I think that we can, you know, I think we can all learn from each other. Um, you know, from my perspective, some of the best lessons I've ever learned from founders is just free resources. You know, whether it's learning about something like, I know this is kind of a, a boring answer, but learning like Canva exists as an example, and I don't need to spend, you know, 100 hours trying to figure out PowerPoint and a pitch deck before we have a graphic designer. It's actually some of the most 
helpful conversations ever. Um, so I think there's just so much to learn, whether it's just on a very granular daily ops, you know, situation of a good new free software that can be utilized, or again, you know, a learning lesson or to the beginning of this conversation, whether it's networking, yeah. um, you know, again, it's, 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 we have a lot of blind spots, all of us, right. On, on who's even in our networks. Um, so being able to network and that's something Brian's brilliant at. Um, so I rely on learning from him on that. Awesome. One. Hey, Brian, can you unpack what it's like to be director of business development? What's your day-to-day -day like? Yeah, thanks, Chris. I appreciate that question. Day-to-day uh, -day can be um, hectic, and I rely on, you know, that planning that we learned in the military to really schedule out time for wearing different hats. As Leah mentioned, you know, she was wearing all the hats at Valkyrie, and she passed some of those off. And as business development, whether it be on the strategic side, um, looking at different things that is going on in crypto and seeing how we can partner with those, or it's having a institutional conversation to get money into a fund um, just have to have that agility and flexibility to uh, to adapt to what you know what's next great so, so there are a lot of veterans that are thinking about how to break into this space and how to get their technical capabilities up to speed crypto moves so fast right 24 7 like i'm telling you like a week in this space i think we'd all agree is like a month or a year it just it's like dog years crypto years right so how can transitioning veterans get up to speed on all these, you know, incredible developments in the industry? How do they best develop their technical expertise, you know, either when they're on active duty or when they're transitioning? Maybe Leah, do you want to kick that off? Sure. Great question. I think first it does come down to self, you know, respection of what area of the industry interests you. I think what's fantastic is that the crypto industry has grown so much, as all of us know. And therefore, there's a bevy of new job opportunities, right? Before it was very technical industry. You know, I think that the barriers to entry was high, not from a social perspective, but from a technical perspective, because it was mainly developer jobs or, you know, very skilled trading positions. Now that's just not true. Um, a lot of the companies are very larger, which means they have marketing teams, they have sales teams, they have business development teams, they have, you know, lots of different roles within those companies. So I would say first it's, you know, stepping back and trying to get a sense of, you know, where you would see yourself. And then number two, if it isn't a technical, technical position, you know, there's definitely a lot of learning programs. Um, and Brian and I can, you know, and, and yourself included, we can provide a lot of resources um, to learn the coding. Um, well, in whichever language it may be, if you want to enter a different ecosystem, and that's definitely a rabbit hole. But um, I would just definitely emphasize the fact that there are a lot of companies with a lot of jobs in a, you know, a lot of different domains. So um, I think it's thinking first, looking around and getting a sense of uh, which companies are, are hiring and reaching out, which I think the huge upside in crypto is everyone, I, I, from my experience, is is very community focused on assisting. There's a lot of job boards specifically for crypto companies that are hiring. Um, and usually people are really receptive to speaking. Um, so I, I would say that it's actually um, a pretty good industry to try to break into uh, once you figure out how to ask the right questions to those managers. Awesome. Brian, do you have any tips for folks? How do they develop that technical expertise that's needed to be successful in Web3? 
I think you were spot on with learning how to code. It's something uh, I'm, you know, starting to venture into now. So that is a skill set, you know, that everyone I think in the future needs to know how to do. But as Leah mentioned, there are, are jobs and careers throughout the industry and really finding where you're at there um, and then upskilling, whether it be, you know, joining Vita. I think that's a first and foremost. People need to do that if they want to enter the space. There's so much talent um, that's really come into the group in such a short period of time, which kudos to you, Chris, uh, for putting it together. And then, you know, we offer a biweekly veterans kind of roundtable with John Mulroy. I mentioned him earlier. And, you know, we want to offer mentorship programs and other programs to really assist in their learning process. Um, I think the crypto space in general, we're all still trying to learn what's going to be next and what's going on. So it is very helpful in that regard. So if they have the skill and drive to, to you know, be in crypto, they, they can find a home for sure. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think those are great answers. And uh, I think having that programming capability, whether it's Solidity or Rust, is is awesome. So let's look a little bit to the future. Uh, Leah, as you look at the landscape, what excites you most about Web3? Wow, I'm getting these questions first. Uh, Brian, it gives you time to think. No, we're <laughs> first, but we can send it over to Brian if you'd like. <laughs> That 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 is you know what everybody's trying to figure out from Elon and uh, Jack who maybe think Web three is um, well you know they have personal opinion there which is great but uh, I look at you know the content distribution and ownership era how that will change in a centralized Web two to a decentralized Web three and the opportunities that it provides for everyone to be a creator and to benefit from it personally. And I think we'll see a lot of that person, in my opinion, and from places that, you know, we mentioned earlier that uh, you had mentioned, Chris, that everything can become global, you know, quickly in a snap of fingers. Um, I think the, the earth becomes a smaller place in that regard. And we see more opportunities outside of, you know, where we, where we're sitting today. What's interesting to me right now, I am looking a lot at play to earn. Um, I think that it's very interesting from my perspective and seat having lived in Singapore for so long and seeing it take off really in Southeast Asia for Axie Infinity. Um, I'm curious to see different applications for player to earn and what that'll mean. I mean, it just a, as a theoretical concept that's getting proven within one game and multiple games now, I think that it's absolutely fascinating. Um, the gaming, crypto gaming industry generally, I think that there's a, a long route ahead. Um, some of it is not up to, you know, the the type of gaming that, that we like. I myself love gaming. Um, so, you know, I'm looking for a little bit more uh, functionality, but it's early days. So I think that there's a lot to be explored there within crypto gaming and what will you know, transpire. Also, I think it's a fun industry to join for, you know, folks on, on listening in right now. Um, and then, of course, I, I mean, stepping back within what we're working in for traditional finance, I'm very curious what this year has to hold. Um, each year seems to change astronomically. As you said, you know, every day in crypto is like a year. That's absolutely true. And this past, well, 2021 was 
just a wild year. You know, starting from the beginning of the year, we're begging everybody to just have a phone call with us to to talk about crypto in on Wall Street. And by the end of the year, you know, it's just it was a completely changed environment um, with most of the platforms, the IB, the uh, you know, investment banks, the major. Uh, the major players on Wall Street either allocating or trying to define their own crypto strategies, but explicitly stating that they would have one. And that, again, drastic shift from the beginning of the year. So I'm curious on which, you know, coins, protocols, blockchains, technology will take off uh, and why. Um, for again, these major institutions looking to allocate to the to the asset class this year. I'll give you a little answer, but this is your show. Um, so, so for me, what gets me excited? Like we think that this is going to be one of the biggest changes in technology in history. We think it's bigger than the internet. We're introducing private property into the internet. We've changed the fundamental way that we keep ledgers. And if you go back 7,000 years when ledgers were created, it led to an explosion in science, technology, mathematics, everything else. And now in 2008, with the change to the ledger and this thing called the blockchain, you know, you're messing with the heart, the epicenter of the economy. And I expect to see just incredible advancements across the board. But in the near term, what I'm excited about is, frankly, the bipartisan level of support that we're starting to see come out of our out of our government. And I think that's going to lead to a change in our country where, you know, they say democracy is the worst form of government except for every other form of government. Um, it just takes us a little bit of time. Uh, I do feel like, you know, our policymakers are starting to realize this and they realize that this is an opportunity uh, for this country. It's an opportunity to do a lot of incredible things um, for a lot of people and to address a lot of challenges uh, that we currently face. So that's my short down and dirty answer. I'm incredibly excited. Uh, and we want to bring good people into the space. And we think the veterans community is a great place to start. So let's talk about that a little bit. Brian, what advice would you give to a transitioning veteran or their spouse who's trying to break into this space? Uh, so network, we've talked about that. Uh, key knowledge, upskilling, and then you know finding where you want to place in this asset class um, from distribution to development and marketing. There's so many, this has become an industry. And so because of that, there's all the, the piping and nuance that goes into, to that. So, um, you know, self, self reflection as to figure out where you want to be. Do you want to be in the front of the house doing sales or do you want to be in the back, um, you know, doing the accounting work, which, is is a big one with regulation coming up, right? That's that's a huge step. I think the industry is about to take. Awesome, Leah. Do you have any advice for someone trying to break into the space? Yeah, I think that veterans have so so much to offer the space. Um, so definitely um, understand the value that you bring and the value that firms will see on the ability to you know learn quickly. You know, OTJ learning. Um, and just generally um, understanding of politics, understanding of teamwork, understanding of uh, whether it's a specific technical capability, there are ways absolutely that those transfer. Um, so I would just first pause and say, you have a lot to offer. Um, and it's interesting to try to see where that can be slotted. 
Um, again, whether it's needing to learn a new language, whether, you know, and you do come from a computer science background, et cetera. Um, I think it's also important to note that most crypto jobs are virtual. So whether you're, you know, back home and uh, not, you know, near a major city, that's usually not a not an issue. So, you know, whether again, you're your spouse or and therefore, you know, uh, stationed somewhere else um, and internationally as well as I was uh, or you are, you know, a returning veteran. The beauty of this industry, again, is that you don't need to be in one specific location typically. Um, and it's usually just a added bonus. We have a headquarters in Nashville, but the team is dispersed. Uh, they can be in Nashville like Brian and I. Soon I'm moving in a week, uh, but absolutely not mandatory. Um, so I, I would say that it, it is a huge plus joining the crypto industry uh, due to that very comfortable virtual nature that I think, you know, the, a lot of industries are trying to adopt and have been during COVID, of course. Uh, however, you know, this has always been the ethos of our crypto industry. Um, so what, what a great answer. I mean, I've seen spouses struggle with this for so many years where they have to move every few years. And it's really hard to have that consistent career. Um, and, and I love your answer. I think that this provides opportunities for those spouses with a active duty uh, partners. Awesome. All right. Big question. Is Valkyrie hiring right now? <laughs> we are. Brian, you want to talk about it? Thanks, Leah. We are hiring for a head of sales role. So someone that's probably has, you know, a good amount of experience. I've passed along a few people that I've known in my network um, that I've gotten to spend some time with to, to our hiring manager. So um, if somebody does want to be in consideration for that or future opportunities, like I said, we do want to start a mentorship program as well. Uh, be glad to connect with them and uh, have those conversations. Got it. Do you have a website or something where they should apply or should they just reach out directly to you, Brian? Reach out directly to me. So something we've uh, had a lot of success with at Valkyrie is, uh, you know, using our personal networks and leveraging those. Um, there are, I think LinkedIn, there are some um, direct application processes through there that you can click on. Um, but I'd be glad to assist as well and get them to the right people. Awesome. And we'll drop that in the show notes along with uh, links to our new Vita Discord and uh, maybe even our Telegram. Okay. Um, last question. What's the best way for folks to uh, connect with you going forward? Um, so as a former diplomatic spouse um, with a DOD husband, um, you know, I really welcome any spouses out there that want to talk. I had a very difficult experience uh, trying to work uh, in the local economy of the country that we were stationed and uh, was actually during the time period of founding Valkyrie. Um, so I definitely, any spouses listening, awesome. uh, I'm your girl and I'm happy to chat. Um, and I think the crypto industry is very welcoming actually for women. Um, and also again, due to those dynamics of being virtual, I think it's a it's a really good opportunity, a good industry to work in, uh, whether you're you know stationed somewhere or back home, uh, and know that you're going to be moving again. And um, you know, happy to help navigate uh, where everybody can find me. Um, I guess I'm, you know, it sounds like the normal podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. You can reach out directly uh, through the website, you know, or LinkedIn. But uh, Brian and I have our you know, messages open and, and we're always looking. Um, and again, happy, happy to chat to 
with any spouse on that that's listening in. I'm so thrilled that you're talking about uh, the spouse demographic because when somebody serves, the whole family serves. And I feel like that whole spouse demographic is just such an underutilized asset uh, when it comes to people that can really add value. I mean, they to, to be married to somebody in, in the military takes a real strength and resiliency. Um, so I'm just so glad that you, that you highlighted that today. It's awesome. Any last thoughts? Chris, thanks for having us. First off, um, we look forward to participating in being a partner, just being in Vita. We're, we're one of our things at Valkyrie is to really have a veteran initiative. So providing, you know, that on-ramp and what's next for crypto, it'd be interesting to see how, how some of this plays out. So thanks for starting this. And um, I look forward to connecting and person very soon. Yeah, Chris, Chris, thanks so much for having us on today for everything you're doing and creating Vita to everybody listening in. You know, it's uh, welcome. And, you know, we're excited to have you as part of the new the industry. As Chris mentioned, this is the most important technology and is taking off. And there's a lot of opportunities across multiple industries within this technology to work within it and have fun. And to highlight again, uh, whether you know you're also a spouse, there's there's great ways to work with whether your embassy or the base, uh, even if you're stationed abroad, uh, with U.S. companies in crypto. Um, and I think that we're all here to help as everybody navigates and and enjoys this industry together. There's it's a bright future. Awesome. Hey guys, what an incredible first episode for us. Um, and I'm just so glad that we were able to hear the stories of of such incredible leaders in the space. So thank you so much for coming on. Awesome, awesome conversation. Uh, I also wanted to thank our sponsors again, Luca, uh, and also thank the Bob Woodruff Foundation, who's been helping us behind the scenes uh, with, with a lot of the, uh, the organization behind getting Vita off the ground. So if you want to learn more about Vita, uh, please reach out to us on LinkedIn or Twitter. Uh, you can always reach out to me at PerkinsCR97 uh, and would love to hear from you. And the last thing about Vita is, look, we're a community. Uh, it's our goal to be a decentralized community where we all contribute equally and so would love for you to get engaged. Uh, and, and again, get in, we'll drop our Discord in the show notes. Uh, we'll, we'll include you uh, on our Telegram as well. Please participate and, and, we, can, and we can all work together to, uh, to make the industry uh, a better place. And, and my sense is that crypto needs veterans and veterans needs crypto. So, so let's make it happen. Thank you so much. <laughs>